0: Oh, hi, everybody. My name is Matt Stores, and welcome to Matt's Planning. On today's episode, we have an expert from the business world who I'm very excited to talk with. Expert, please introduce yourself and tell us what you're an expert at.
1: Hi there. My name is Christopher Royer, and I am an expert in commercial banking and treasury management.
0: Fantastic. My understanding of commercial banking is it primarily comes from a place where these institutions want to figure out which movie star they can have command the most attention to sell their products, and but also say the lines that they need to get the best commercials for these banks. And so you have your Jennifer Garner's, you have your Samuel L. Jackson's, and most of those typically go towards credit cards, obviously, but to kind of facilitate the idea of like, oh, you get a credit card through this bank, you're probably going to want to open a bank account there. And additionally, there's another side of it where commercial businesses will seek out loans and through the banking process, help build out their businesses and oftentimes, they'll have to put up personal property as collateral. In some institutions, they can put up a hypothetical capital, like emotional capital. So how that would work out, <laughs> how that would work out most often is just basically saying like, hey, the person that's looking for the loan has done their research. And they're like, hey, I understand that you're cheating on your wife. I understand that you have these odd and strange business dealings. I understand that you're taking a lot of questionable travel to some questionable locales for questionable reasons. In the event that you get caught for some of that, I can kind of help take off the heat. And in the event that your wife finds out this is the most common situation, more like the emotional dynamic where they'll come in and they'll step in and say, hey, no, I actually was the one that convinced your husband to do all these nefarious things. It's my fault. And they that kind of builds that relationship, that business relationship. People often say like, oh, why are all these business people, all these bankers golf?" It's because they are building that narrative to have that fall guy for whenever that kind of emotionally fraught situation comes up. And that's where the emotional capital comes in that they built up. And then on the treasury side, I think that that's more just trying to figure out how to basically the criminal enterprises need ways to launder money. And They they do. There's a lot of businesses and a lot of business capital that I'm sure has some connection to the mafia or other illegitimate i say i'm i'm hesitant to say illegitimate businesses because these are just businesses that are not standard in our Undo- you
1: know, undocumented businesses
0: undocumented businesses thank you and so you know for instance i've known a number of individuals that have run businesses and were eventually able to get loans where they were selling items that now have now become legal but at the time were illegal, but they created a supplemental business, a crafting business, and they filtered all of their money and they laundered it through that crafting business. So anytime that any of my friends would go over to their house, they're, they're like, hey, yeah, you can hang out with me, but you got to make these friendship bracelets with me. Hey, you got to make these beaded bracelets with me. I'm not happy to admit this, but that's where my love of crafting began through, oh. helping, through helping this person build out these bracelets. And I got to say the beads that they invested in because they were able to get a small business loan through a bank, they were able to really, really make some fantastic items. They were able to put that on their resume and they were able to get a job in a big business company, one of those ones cool. that's on the on one of those stock market companies, and they're doing they're doing a great job. But with regards to that, the same dynamic is happening within the federal government as well on the treasury side. Is they just kind of fudge the numbers a little bit? You invest in the concept of the government doing well, so. Based on what you've heard so far, about how much of that would you say is accurate? Man, I'd say, I mean, at least 14%. I'll take 14%.
1: <laughs> but the parts that weren't accurate were hilariously inaccurate. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so it's just fun. Especially, I, love, I love the idea that a commercial bank is a bank that has a lot of commercials and has celebrities in the commercials. <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, that makes the most sense if you really if you really think about, it, at least in my mind, what is a commercial bank?
1: Right, right, where is it where it should be? just yeah, like a bank of commercials, which is like a place where you store all old commercials oh. that's
0: that was that's a great idea. so is that <laughs> is that what a commercial bank is? It's this, this the repository of commercials.
1: <laughs> I think that's called YouTube. Oh, um, I see. I but, see. Yeah. Yeah. But no, a commercial bank is, is simply um, a way to designate it as opposed to what we call retail bank. Okay. So when, when you walk into a, a retail bank, that's a branch where you can walk into and open up your checking account and maybe take out a home loan or a car loan and get your direct deposit set up and maybe even your small business, like smaller type businesses. That's what we call a retail banking. Mm-hmm. And then commercial banking is for medium to larger or incredibly large corporations. Uh, They require a little bit different handling and they generally don't tend to just wander into a branch to open up their accounts. So we help them with what you you talked about, the loans. Yep. That's a big part of it. We lend to those businesses and then they also like to keep their money on deposit with us. Well, and we really like that too. And those deposit relationships can get complicated. Mm -hmm. And that's where my job starts in treasury management, which is helping them manage those complicated deposit relationships.
0: Yeah. So making sure that there's enough money on hand at any given time.
1: But, but also more, more to I help them. I always say you could, there's a lot of things I do, but it really comes down to three things when it comes to even the biggest, most complicated account. Money comes in, money goes out, and we want to keep it safe. Okay. And there are a lot of different mechanisms for people to put it in, whether it be wire transfers, ACA, reverse wires, all kinds of manner of things. Maybe they want to put money in through, maybe they get a lot of checks, but they don't want to process them themselves so we can set them up a lockbox service. So like If you ever see when you mail off a payment, it goes to a PO box, uh-huh. but it doesn't actually go to a post office for the most part. It goes to a bank's sorting facility where they use that PO box address. And they know which account that goes to. And then we actually have a team of people processing those checks, imaging them for you, putting them into your account, and then sending off reports to you of all the checks that have shown up that day. And we can even tell you if somebody's bill was in there, you know, which we can help reconcile which person's bill was paid and those types of things. So that would be more money coming in, money going out. Uh, People like to send out wire transfers. People are still writing a lot of checks, believe it or not, which is where a lot of fraud comes in because every time you write a check, you're handing somebody your signature, your account number, and your routing number in the name of your account, <laughs> Right, <laughs> which yeah. is all easily duplicated. And you can send money out through that way or ACH or wires or, or other ways. And then we like to keep your money secure. And there's ways we do that um, through the online banking and through certain things called like positive pay. Oh, and then the fourth thing, which is information. People want to see their information. And it used to just be you'd log into your online banking, but customers are getting more sophisticated than that, like than that. And we're getting much larger customers. And they require us to feed the information that you would get from your online banking straight into their enterprise system that houses all their data from all their banks. I see. And there are, and there are complicated ways to get that information safely and in a timely manner directly to them. And so that's that's my job is to help set those wheels in motion for these larger companies. And then, and then the big point, the number five if they get caught stepping out on their spouses, then that's where we come in.
0: I see. And okay. we say,
1: hey, we we got to throw ourselves on that grenade too, because we want to keep those, the, the, those funds on deposit. So the emotional capital is a big part of that.
0: Right. And if in the divorce proceedings, they pierce the veil and they're able to pierce into the business, then who knows yep. what's going to happen. And that's probably mm-hmm. a lot of legwork for you guys. You want to mitigate the chances of piercing that veil whenever you can. Yes. Obviously, I would imagine you can't really disclose some of your clients or any of them, presumably, but what kind of businesses would be looking at this sort of your services?
1: Oh, I handle from, oh, I'm just trying to think. I, I, I specifically deal with a lot of commercial real estate transactions and those types of clients. If you see an entire strip mall. Or mm-hmm. let's say like literally like a, an office building downtown, maybe even the tallest one in Arizona. Okay. And you're in, and you're in Phoenix, is that correct? Yes, that okay. was correct. And okay. somebody might, one of my clients might purchase that and manage that building and all of the rents and stuff that goes on with that, then I would handle that. And those, so developments and those things, and then all the way up to, they have me working on some really big stuff. So if you can imagine some of the largest banks in the country, the household names, sometimes they're, believe it or not, they're not quite as complicated. A lot of times they just want to park hundreds of millions of dollars at a certain rate. And if we have the appetite for it, then I can help set that up for them and make sure that that's safe and secure and that they have ways of getting it in and out as well. So everything from local Arizona businesses who are manufacturing things or owning property, all the way up to large international financial institutions. But, uh, but, the, mom, but, but, but the smaller businesses... I don't handle that anymore. Not that they're not worthy. I used to do that all the time. They're terrific folks too. But my job scope has changed over the last eight years. So I've been in banking for 20 years or 21 years. I started in February of whatever it was, 2002. Okay. So we're coming up on 21 years. That's,
0: That's great. And have you enjoyed it the whole time? Are there aspects of it that are particularly difficult or...
1: Oh, that's a great question. Yeah, no, I definitely haven't enjoyed my full 22 years in banking. It's definitely not what I thought I was going to do. I don't know what I thought I was going to do. Well, growing up, I thought well, I'll either be a comedian or a psychiatrist. And I didn't really do I do comedy, but not enough to make a living. But, But for the longest time, I started off, you know, I started off as a personal banker. I was 22 years ago, I was in a branch and you'd come in and if you want to open up an account or do a car loan, I was your guy, worked my way up into being an assistant manager of those branches and then managing a branch. At one time, I even managed two at once, which was lucrative, but stressful. Mm -hmm. And I would say in the last eight years that I've been on the commercial side, um, it is very enjoyable. I, I very rarely have a bad day, but managing branches for some large, like you said, large publicly traded banks can get a little weary. (laughs) That that You've heard about some of those terrible sales practices where they were deceptive of clients. And so that was a big headwind that that you had to face because you had managers above you telling you you needed to meet these goals and they didn't really care how you were getting there, but I wasn't willing to do unethical things. And then when the people around you are, it throws off the curve a little bit. Uh, I still held my own and did well without ever compromising my ethics, but it was stressful. And then the other thing is the public. You have to deal with the public when you're a branch manager because anybody can walk into your doors when they're open and just throw themselves at your desk and make their problem into your problem. And now I have a desk here downtown in this lofty tower (laughs) and someone would need an appointment to see me or I would have to fly to come see them. A lot of my clients, if I want to see them face-to-face, you know, jump on a plane and go see them or whatever. So that's the upside now is I don't have to deal with the public. and the criminal enterprises you talked about, that's one of those where we try our best. We, we do our best here to weed those out and not let them bank it. And we do our best to help protect our clients from those. But it okay. never stops. It's always part of it. There's always people trying to get in to do their banking who are, who are up to no good. And there's always people who are doing good, who are constantly being bombarded by threats and even the bank itself. And I have to tell you, that is generally a lot of times the most interesting part of my day. <laughs>
0: Yeah, just like trying to discern who is is a threat and who's not or trying to like unpack those kind of webs.
1: Both, yeah. So definitely, I mean, because you get, people can get really complicated. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, people can fake tax returns. They can have, yeah. And a, a quick example would be one that we turned down. It was a deal we walked away from because somebody here caught something deep inside the tax returns. They started noticing that the tax preparer's address seemed like, a residential address, not uh, a, a, like a commercial type of property uh, mm-hmm. where you would have like a big attorney. So he looked it up and found that it was just a guy and then started tracing down that guy and found out that that guy was very much related to the other principals of this company, which means that these financial statements they were giving weren't independently audited. He took oh, a pass, wow. a very large bank that I used to work for, and I was happy to leave. Very toxic attitude. attitude there. They jumped on that deal didn't catch the details and did a $50 million loan to this business that essentially didn't exist.
0: Oh, wow. That's, and they, that's
1: wild. Yeah, yeah. And they absconded with all 50 million. They went to China with it and three people were fired, including the underwriter and like the head of the whole commercial banking side. And this is how big it was. They actually had to change their first quarter earnings report on wall street, which is actually a really big deal. Like when you filed that like 10K filing, you're like, this is what we earned to your shareholders. And then you have to go back and say, oh, actually it isn't like, that's how big it was. So those things are fascinating. We try our best to avoid those. And then Eric said, having our clients uh, constantly under barrage and the wire transfers is the big scam right now. The way it works is if your email servers are not secure enough, people will burrow in there. And let's say my client, right? And they'll sit and wait, and they'll read all your emails, and they'll see everything. And then one day, they'll see one that says, oh, yeah, don't forget to wire us. My client said they'll have a client, and they'll say, yeah, we need you to wire this $300,000 to us next week. Well, now they get involved. Once that person sends the wire instructions to my client, they hijack that email, change the wire instructions to their bank account, Mm -hmm. change the phone number at the bottom to verify it. To theirs, and then they let the email go through to my client, oh, and then, wow. without them doing a lot of due diligence, this is a client that doesn't bank here anymore. They just didn't do the right due diligence. They didn't call the number in the system that they had a file. They called the one in the email to verify it, and then they sent three hundred thousand dollars via wire transfer, which can't come back. Again, this one just happened to be to China, and and that was gone. That was the that was the only time I ever had to do a deposition. as made my role as banker.
0: Oh, wow. That is that's so intense.
1: Yeah, it, because it never got to their client. And then right. they started saying, where's our $300,000? And they said, well, we sent it. And they said, well, no, you didn't. And they said, well, oh, it's not our fault. Our email got hacked. Your email that you sent to us. And they're like, well, that's not our fault. And they, and they had to fight that out legally. And then ultimately tried to blame us. And we didn't do anything wrong. We, <laughs> we just sent it where they told us to send it.
0: Right, yeah. There's not a lot you can do at that point. If people wanted to learn more about your work or more about you specifically, where would you recommend that
1: they go? For me specifically, hey, I'm Christopher Royer. You can just find me on Facebook and Instagram or Venmo. And you could just, you know, you could go to ChristopherRoyerComedy.com and you could find all about me, but I'm not going to talk a lot about my work. And to learn more about what I do, like I said, I'm a certified treasury professional. You could look up that, CTP, certified treasury professional, which is a test and an accreditation given out by something called the AFI, so you could, which is not the American Film Institute. But anyway, you could look up Certified Treasury Professional and look up things like that. Or just amuse yourself by watching King Greed, I believe, okay. which comes on CNBC.
0: <laughs> oh, fantastic. Well, Christopher, thank you so much for joining me today. I feel like I learned quite a bit, and I, I really, really appreciate it.
1: Well, thank you. I appreciate you having me. And I'd love to hear more, maybe offline, about how crafting started off as a criminal enterprise but became legitimate.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I'll give you some extra details on that. Fantastic. Thank
1: you, Matt. The pleasure was all mine.
0: My name is Matt Stores, and this has been Matt's Blaming.